Hello and welcome to episode 354 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. It's been a pretty good week. Um, I've enjoyed the Rugby League that has been played this week. And I'm sure I will continue to enjoy everything that happens within the game in its near future. And uh, I must say, I'm in a much more um, chirpier mood. Yeah. Because um, the Tigers have fixed everything. Oh, really? What did they do to fix things? It's all good. It's all good. And I can guarantee that there are some some influential figures from the from the past, not just in rugby league, just in history in general who wish they had the foresight and the vision that the West Tigers had because what they've done to solve all their problems is to start off by just changing the logo. Oh, well, that was easy. And uh, if I may, I think for the first time in 354 episodes, invoke Godwin's law mm-hmm. and just say, if Hitler was smart enough to just change the swastika. That's what I was thinking. Man. <laughs> Mein Kampf would have replaced the Bible, would be reciting that weird German shit. Mate. If it was just like a happy, smiley face. (laughs) What could have have been? What could have been? Opportunity missed there. Um, So, yeah, sucked into you, Hitler, you dumb fuck. Um, But there you go. (laughs) What did you think of the new logo? Oh. I'd like to preface the answer by saying I thought the previous logo was fine mm-hmm. and the new logo is just fine. That's and good. look, That's it's a bit more honest because they've now realised that this Tigers team has no claws, so they took it out of the logo. Yeah, I noticed that. I yeah, noticed that, that. So it's honest. They're being honest. It looks, uh, I, I think... I actually watched a video about logos recently and how there you see a lot of companies went f- to 3D logos at one point and now they're kind of gone all the uh, the complete opposite way where all logos are flat and they kind of try and stay one colour. And it reminded me a little bit of the Tigers logo change in that it's a little less um, involved but yeah. and it's a, a little bit cleaner. Um, I don't mind it. It's it does the job, you know. I don't know that you could really do too much different to it, outside of like showing that influence from the Western Suburbs Magpies part of it. But then again, and you've said this before, at some point you've got to be one club, and so you can't really keep on with that for forever. I think all they need to do is, if they want to put words on there. Yeah, you know, the old logo had West Tigers written on it. Mm-hmm. If we want to start being simple about it, look at it and go, you know what? I've taken a look at the picture of the logo. I'm pretty comfortable knowing what that fucking animal is. Yeah. <laughs> so why put why put tigers underneath a picture of a tiger head? Like we can see the tiger there. So if you want to pay homage to both sides of the merger which mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck about anymore. But let's, you know, if you want to do that, just put Wes underneath the picture of the tiger and that's it. Yeah, that would be pretty good, actually. Not tigers. We can see the fucking tiger. Yeah. Just put Wes and be done with it. 
and go, right, we've paid homage to Western Suburbs, there's a fucking tiger, Balmain's not mentioned, there's no fucking magpie, everyone's got 50% of what they wish they had and 50% of what they do have. And you, fuck, who cares, that's enough, let's move on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've been wanking over this, this fucking logo a fair bit this week. I feel, I feel like if I was the West Tigers, and look, they might have to do it this way because of timing with uh, putting out merch and stuff for next year and maybe their season, you know, season ticket holder information and stuff. But I wouldn't have done it three days after or two days after the grand final. I probably would have waited a couple of days. And it's not about giving the grand final room to breathe. I just think it was a, it was a little bit weird that we saw the grand final run and one and then the tigers come out and they're like hey but we got a new logo it just felt a bit weird don't forget about us yeah. it's not all about penrith yeah it felt a little bit like that didn't it? <laughs> i'm not saying it was intentional it just i don't know it was just not great timing it was it was an easy point to mock them over put it that way yeah exactly um, by the way i would just have i'd get rid of all of the words underneath it and just have the tigers logo and underneath it, it says Concord. <laughs> or just nine. Nine. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine if they changed the tiger to a like a, a tiger that's leaping and it looks like a number nine. That would have been pretty epic. That would have been good. I think if they'd have done that and had a little bit of a laugh at themselves in the process, it would have been fucking brilliant. Yeah. But no, they don't know how to do that. No, um, instead they like everyone else laughing at them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So now they've also attached this a new era thing to them, and mm-hmm. part of that new era is that they're still <laughs> still trying to, uh, apparently, according to the media, get Shane Flanagan on board. Part of the new era. Yeah, I saw that that they were gonna they was it the yeah. Telegraph that put that out? That sounds yeah. Telegraph. Well, yeah, they're still trying to get him a job at the Tigers. No one because yeah. no one else wants to hire him, and the Tigers are the best chance of hiring a shithead. Yeah, true. And they they said it was he was being considered and Nathan Kalis. And I always I always worry about um when a club isn't going great and they start messing with the assistant coaches because that's the coach's job. The coach's job is to decide who his assistants are. Yeah. It's not up to anyone else at the club. No. Well, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. Well, yeah, it shouldn't be. It's a new era. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Tigers' new era. I wonder what new things the Tigers choose to do. I've got a... Well, I don't want to... I don't want to produce any spoilers, but fuck it, here goes. I wouldn't be surprised if the new era contains... Everything that the old era had and mm-hmm. nothing else. <laughs> yes, sure, oh, and, a, and, a, and a, a new logo. <laughs> you know, it would have made more sense if it happened like the year they're opening their centre of excellence or a new stadium or something. They're like, there is literally nothing is changing. You can't just, just say new era. I think the centre of excellence will be open at the end of this year. Well, so then do the new era next year. Well, maybe that's what the plan is. You just, you know, sometimes you just want to start the new era a little bit early. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the new the new era or the new pre-era. Like, there's, there's plenty of times, like, South Sydney could say new era right now, okay? 
for next year? Like, there's plenty of times you could do it. Is there a team that is basically as stable as the West Tigers? <laughs> That's saying it's a new era. You just can't. You can't just say it. The other thing too is it's another admission by um, <laughs> the spuds that run the show. How fuck they are at it. Yeah. They've gone, okay, you know what? Things aren't working out. So let's change the logo and say new era and start afresh. If you have to start afresh, you're obviously doing things wrong. So fuck off. Yeah, everyone needs fired. Yeah. I'd love to have seen that meeting where, you know, they're, they're doing their end of year reviews and somebody comes in and they say, I've got it. New logo new era and they will look at each other and go yeah yeah keep the coach yeah keep the board yeah keep the ceo yeah we're gonna stay in the stadium yeah train out of concord yeah but let's say new era that sounds good to me yeah the, the cynic in me says um they know they copped an awful lot of shit at the end of the uh last season Mm-hmm. So this is an attempt by them to get some positive talk around the club and a bit of positive, you know, hype, for lack of a better word. Yeah, 100%. That's 100%. all this comes across to me as it's nothing more than that. The rest of it is just complete and utter wank. Speaking of uh, hype, the, yeah. and look, we talked about this before the podcast, that there's two teams made news this week, really, and it's the West Tigers and Panthers. And so the West, that, Well, the West Tigers make their own news. Yeah, <laughs> Well, listen, it goes back to that whole thing. I know it's difficult to understand, Andrew, but football isn't necessarily about what happens on the football field, okay? (laughs) But the West Tigers have signed Tyrone Peachy, which he feels like he's a... He feels like... I don't know. He doesn't feel like the right player for them. He's... The signing you make when you've decided to die on the hill of Luke Brooks. So you need someone creative around him to try and help him. That is and such that's a good point. Exactly what it is for me. Um, I don't mind Tyrone Peachy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't see where you'd fit him into this lineup. Tyrone Peachy would have been for me. Tyrone Peachy would have been a good signing for. Souths it, taking up that Benji Marshall role. Yeah, he would have been perfect at the Panthers. Like he's he's excellent coming off the bench. He's a very good playmaker and game breaker in those situations. Um, he's good on the left side too, which is the opposite side to where Dewey works. Yeah, but that is also the side Brooks works. So I I don't know what the plan is there. Um, and I don't know what position you put him in. Maybe, well, I, maybe I he could be another one of the fifty-four centers that we've got. Yeah, they need more centers. Um, I I thought I saw where they were going to play play him as a lock. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm I'm just not sure. I I don't know what they're doing. I wouldn't be surprised if they just park him on the bench and just he just plays out a jumper fourteen every week and. Put him on as a fixer. It's it, he and he's brilliant at that role. He's he really brilliant the at that role. Problem is, at the Tigers, he will be every time he comes on the field. It will cause several reshuffles in the line. So if he comes into a playmaker role, 
then Dewey will have to go into the centres, or if he goes into the centres, then someone in the centres will have to move to second row, or it's just going to... It's it's two movements. You know, there's two reshuffles going on. I don't and see I, how you're going to bring him on to replace a prop or anything like that, because he's not going to be doing that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think that depending on how experienced your playmakers are and what level they're at, it could really mess both of them up. And, like, I look at the Panthers when uh, Tyrone May comes on the field and he's just an anchor. Like, he gets the ball, he stops. That's his go-to move. Um, and it can mess up the Panthers' attack. It, whereas he might be able to, you know, you could get a Tyrone Peachy and put him in a storm side. And because they've got a bit more experience and stuff like that, they know how to work around a player that is an extra playmaker that's come onto the field. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have any faith in the West Tigers to be able to do that. Because the first thing that's going to happen, and you'll know this, Luke Brooks is going to disappear when he comes on the field. Yeah. that That's the big problem. They've, they've really got to figure out, like, they've, They've decided that they're, as I said, they're dying on the Luke Brooks Hill, so they're going to keep him and they're going to persevere with him until he retires. No. That's basically what the club's decided. So now it comes down to, okay, how many skilled ball players can we get around him to help carry him? And that's a... That's fucked. It is, and especially in a team where you look at it and you're like... Their number one problem is defense. Forget everything else. Their defense is like abysmal and yeah. heartless. And, you know, we look at the team that just won the premiership. It was defense. It was all defense. And that's that tends to guide a little bit the way that the, the league goes. They kind of look at their best team from the previous year and say, well, we need a little bit of that, and that DNA from that goes forward through the comp. Um, the West Tigers, I, I, I don't look at them and think, man, they, they need a bit more attack. Obviously, they need a bit more of everything, but the first thing I think is their defence is tragic, and that's where you start. Yeah. I... I don't know. I might just... Uh... Might just cap the Tigers talk here just until they make a few more dud signings. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not calling the Tyrone Peachy signing a dud signing. I think he'll he'll be fine. But uh it's more I don't know how the Tigers are going to use him. It's not an issue with Tyrone himself. I think he's a yeah. bloody tremendous player. Um I just don't know what they're gonna do and how they're gonna work him. Um I've got no doubt he can be an asset there, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. 100%. Um I was expecting them to announce that science um, <laughs> Ash Taylor, but thankfully that hasn't happened. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah, when, we'll see. When the new era kicks off properly. Again. I also saw two little other bits of news, West Tigers news. Uh, they're sticking with uh, Roberts, which is good. It's nice to any time you can stick with a, a centre that's so bad defensively, you've got to put him on the wing. You've got to do it. And they... Apparently, I, I, I didn't even know that news had happened. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are they sticking with Roberts? Was it mentioned? Probably no. not. No. <laughs> but the only way you make um, that whole Roberts thing work is he is 
entirely and solely 100% as a winger and nothing else. Because I think as a winger, he's an NRL player. As a centre, he's not. He's not even a Super League level centre because his defence is atrocious. The read is bad. The positioning is bad. The technique is sometimes, well, not sometimes, is largely sloppy. For someone who is as fast on his feet, both laterally and straight, he should be able to get in position even when he's caught out and cover that gap quickly and easily and shut down plays, and he just doesn't. Well, weirdly, his lateral movement is weirdly poor. For a guy as quick and as athletic as he is. I think it comes down to he's just guessing a lot of the times. And when you start guessing, you get flat-footed. Like if I said to you, James Roberts in defence out wide as a centre is normally him turning out towards the sideline, chasing after his man. Like that's his defence. Yeah. Um, Which is more of the defence that a wing would use because mm. they use the sideline as their other defender, knowing that you can't avoid, you can't break through the sideline. Mm-hmm. Once you go over that sideline, bang, that's it, play's fucking over. And so when you've got um, defence technique issues, you use whatever you can to try and assist. And, you know, a winger using the sideline is a common one, and it's very effective Mm -hmm. because all the momentum, you know, if you can get a a player to run towards the sideline, then all their momentum is going in the wrong direction to keep them in the field of play. So all you've got to do is half the time, just push them. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I tell you, the other little bit of news I saw was, and we'll get to it, the West Tigers offered Benji Marshall to become part of their coaching staff, but I feel like that was a little bit half-hearted. I, don't, I, I think if Benji Marshall turned around and said, yes, I'll take it, they would go, oh, shit. <laughs> so, Hang on, they're not going to make him an ambassador? I don't know why they would. Why would they make their most famous player in the club's history an ambassador? Well, that's that's ridiculous. Re- remember, remember when they tried to do it with, with Robbie Farrer? Yeah. And the whole Sutter Cup there? I liked, I liked it when... <laughs> surprised they didn't try it again. I liked it when they explained to the NRL that it's not against the NRL's rules. <laughs> and the NRL had to come back and say, actually, yes, it is. We know yeah. because we wrote them. Exactly. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, th- those two stories have really—they've—they've uh, they've cheered me up. I must say, that's good. That's good. Uh, what else um, has been going on in the World Rugby League? Well, the Penrith Panthers have done something really bad, and I think we should address it. Okay, they've been celebrating the grand final victory, and I think that they need to apologise for it. Why would they do that? I don't know. I think that it is uh, disgusting. I think that it shows what this Panthers team has become in recent years. Well, uh, I, 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 I just am not a fan of people being happy. I think it's a disgrace, quite honestly, and something needs to be done about it. Yeah, that, that's. I mean, this is not on. No, no. It, it, yeah. Excuse me while I be woke for a little bit. Mm-hmm. How dare they be happy when there's a pandemic going on and people are dying? Is that kind of the the, the sentimentality going around this, I guess? A little bit, yeah. They, wow. So what have we seen? So earlier in the week, because people are 
Well, people on Twitter are there's a lot of sadness on Twitter at the moment. So it's gone from gone from angry to sad. It's gone from yeah, it's gone from yeah, it really has. So <laughs> there was I think it was Monday, I think it was Tuesday actually. Um, there's a picture of Nathan Cleary and he's like living the lifestyle. It, like he was a millionaire this year, and next year he will be a millionaire again. And next year he will be a millionaire again. And he just won the premiership at 23 and he's got a Clive Churchill medal. Like he's pretty happy right now. And he was on the coast somewhere and he's taken a picture of himself or someone's taken a picture of him and next to him is his phone. And people look are looking at his phone and seeing something on his phone. And of course, immediately they're like, oh my God, there's a substance on his phone. We all know what that is, you know. So Coffee? eventually eventually he finds out that people are saying this and he gets someone to take a picture of his phone. And I can't believe that he did this. His phone protector has bubbles under it. Oh, that's unforgivable. That, that's worse than the TikTok dancing video thing. It really is. It really is. I was uh, kind of disgusted by it. So I think that's the first thing that needs to be apologised for is bubbles under his phone, phone protector. Yeah, I mean, um, c- come on, Nathan. I mean, you, you're a millionaire, man. How hard is it to to put a screen protector on your on your phone properly? Like, pay someone to do it, man. I know, right? I know. And so there was that, and then there was the there was a video that came out of uh, Kick Out singing South Sydney song, which. <laughs> I can't believe that that has ever happened in in football history that you sing the other team's song after beating them in grand final. Oh, that's um Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then there was obviously there was the Tyrone May pity post that he put up. Man, he must have put that up Sunday night, you know, which indefensible. I'm not going to defend that. Fuck him. And then, so I'm I'm genuinely going to say, what's this about? Because I've actually not really followed much of the rugby league news for the last week because I've been working my ring off at work pretty much, and then come home and go, yeah, I'll do a podcast. Oh shit, I've missed that by four hours. Listen, Andrew says that. Let me tell you, he's got an office job. He puts his feet up. He's in air conditioning all day. Don't listen to his bullshit. Um, <laughs> well, the um, conditioning part is kind of right. If I, yeah, I guess it is. Fridge area. Fridge, yeah. Sure, it's <laughs> minus 23 degrees, but whatever. It's air conditioned. Um, <laughs> so Tyrone May put up a post on Instagram where he basically said that um, his name had been dragged through the mud and now... <laughs> yeah. 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 Has like, he, he been serious? Uh, I've... I fucking wish he wasn't, man. But he, he did this post where his name had been dragged through the mud by people and stuff like that. And it, it was like almost as though he forgot he was convicted of a crime. Okay. Fucking Muppet. Yeah, yeah. It was indefensible. And then a lot of his teammates had had commented like almost positively, I guess, on that post. Now his teammate, now it wasn't a good look, okay? And, but you got to remember his teammates are all there. They're all celebrating a grand final. They're all in a cheerful place. 
and that's not an excuse, but it, you just got to remember that, you know. I think that you could probably walk into wherever the Panthers are right now and say, like, you know, I just hit someone's dog out the front, and they'd all go, yeah, you know. <laughs> It, it's it's post grand final celebration, yeah. and this was like it was really quick, man. It was really quick. He posted this. I tell you what, so, that I was going to say that Panthers um, team at the moment would be the only place where the Tigers' new logo gets cheered. <laughs> <laughs> Tigers released a new logo. Oh wow, it looks awesome! What a fucking great idea! Yeah. <laughs> I it's the only fellas, place fellas. where you. Can... The only just time and place you could go to the Panthers and say, remember fucking Justin Potato? And they'd be like, oh, mate, good bloke, salt of the earth bloke, hard worker. <laughs> Hang on, did we suck him or did he leave? We can't remember. <laughs> Don't worry, he can't either. Oh, shit. Oh, that's so funny. Um, anyway, so he puts this post up, indefensible, fucking, like, just completely unaware of his fucking... It's surroundings and shit. What a shithead. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That, that's a level of shitheadery that it would almost get him signed by the West Tigers. I, well, he feels very West Tigers, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a picture came out, I think it was yesterday morning, maybe the day before was evening, with uh, Stephen Crichton carrying what was left of the NRL trophy. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've broken it pretty badly. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. And people were so angry about it. Oh, wow. And it's interesting. Uh, Rugby League History, who listens to the podcast, who follows me on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, he he said he was a bit surprised by by my thoughts on the trophy being broken because I was just like, it's a football trophy. Like, that's, everyone calm down, you know. And I said to him, I said to him on Instagram that I was a bit surprised about how I felt about it as well, that I didn't really care that much. But it's not like it's an 80-year-old trophy. Like, it's a pretty bloody new trophy. And they'll fix it. And it's not the first time a a trophy's been... Like, the the Canberra Raiders dropped Uh the trophy off the back of a convertible on the Hume Highway, I think it was. And properly smashed it, like fucking broke the Winfield Cup. Yes. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a footy trophy. It's a it's a kind of a living thing. You know, it's got to have its dings and all this sort of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if you looked at the trophy up close. It was it had all sorts of fixes that had happened because of grand finals. But yeah, the Panthers broke the trophy. I think. Every single team should leave some sort of mark on that trophy. Because I think that would make it genuinely working class. I reckon, hey. Just well, to have I... a ding to be You know, who wants to have a footy trophy for, you know, a competition that, that prides itself on being, you know, the game of the people, so to speak? Yeah. And it gets paraded around and carried around like it's the Melbourne Cup where you've you got to wear it with gloves and you people got to keep it polished all the time and you can't move it too far. And, you know, I want, I want a trophy that can cop some hits like the players on there can. Yeah, I agree. And the thing that people need to remember is this thing's like a, a hunk of metal. You know, it's not like it's made out of... Bronze you know, or brass metal. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's a really heavy. It is bloody heavy. 
So it's not like it's this delicate thing. It's a, a big chunk of metal and, you know, you bang it back into place and put it back uh, in there. And The NRA should actually just have a video mm. of someone just, you know, hammer in one hand and a chisel in the other, just fucking whacking away on it, trying to smooth out the dings on it. Just a boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that would be all right. That would be pretty cool. Like, this is a trophy that's solid enough that you could you could hit it pretty hard with a hammer and not make it a dent in it. Like, it's a solid well, trophy. You'd, but you'd probably dent the hammer. You'd probably. But anyway, the Panthers, it's in, it's, it looks like the Gladiators have been separated from the rest of the trophy. Is all how right. I'll describe it. Okay. Um, but, so, so, so yeah. The, so the Gladiators are fine? Yeah, the gladiators seem fine. Oh, the rest is just some arsy bullshit. The fucking News Corp put wanted on there anyway. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As long as the gladiators are all right, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. And that was the part he was cradling very lovingly in a towel or something. Even um, better. <laughs> so I, I think that that's everything that has happened for the Panthers. Um, I can't think of anything else that's so, really... They've gone from practically being a team that a lot of a lot of non Panthers fans were kind of half celebrating. Yeah. The fact that they're such a young team winning the premiership and they they did it in such a positive sort of manner, I guess. Um and it's just good to not have Melbourne or the Roosters winning a premiership at last. Um and they've gone from doing all that to just completely pissing everyone off. It's great. I love it. That's brilliant. I, I don't think here's the thing. I don't think Anybody that plays for or works for the Panthers or anybody that supports the Panthers gives a flying fuck what anyone thinks at the moment. No. It's Um, kind of the whole... That's the whole uh, point of winning the premiership. It's like, now it's ours. Like, what are you going to do? Take the trophy off us? It's our trophy. As far as I'm concerned, the trophy should be handed back, right? And it should just be in a box, and it, that box should just be a lump of brass that was just eventually melted down. And you hand back a lump of brass to the NRL and say, that's all that's left. <laughs> yeah. All the brass is there. Think of it like a jigsaw puzzle, but one that you need a smelter for. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I think it was Michelangelo that said that the, uh, when they asked him about carving statues, he said the statue was already there. I just removed the, the stone around it. I think so, so, yes. Yeah, so you just say, look, the, the the trophy's there. You've just got to melt it and mould it into shape. Exactly. Make of that what you will. It's their fucking trophy. They can do whatever they want with it. Imagine if they, they melted it into such a weird manner that it didn't melt all the way down. It just melted into what looked like a fucking Logie. <laughs> <laughs> what if they melted it down just... So that it looks like a cock. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the same thing as a logie, really. Pretty much, yeah. It's a word. Except the logie's got legs. It's a cock with legs. Yeah. Um. Well, that's. I mean, that's good to get all caught up on that news. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, um, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> How's it been in Penrith? I've got to ask. I don't know because I haven't really gone out. You still in lockdown? Well, everyone's kind of still in lockdown. Ah. It's getting lifted, I think, on Monday. Ah. So it's going to be interesting to see if they announce some sort of 
victory parade or something. I hope they do. It'd be pretty cool. But my guess is, and look, you've got to give the players time to celebrate and let their hair down. And, and for the most part, they've done a pretty good job with that. But uh, Aren't they celebrating, though, the players? Are they still in Queensland? Well, that's that's my point. I don't know. I've got a feeling that all the players might still be there. I wouldn't be shocked, hey? So that that's got to make celebrating pretty tough. Imagine how, imagine being stuck in Queensland have to try and be celebratory. Well, I yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, you're surrounded by Queenslanders, first of all. That's rough. My guess is if they were here, you would have seen it. You know, they would have done some media. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, still in lockdown, really, and... And so I, I haven't, I don't know. But all I can tell you is that within myself, I, it, it's, I'm so damn happy. I, I'm so, so damn happy about it all. And it still feels like it's not 100% real. Um, and it's going to be cool to go into next season as defending premiers and to see what this team does for not only next season, but the next few years. Uh, you know what? It's almost as though, it's not so much next season that I'm really interested about seeing how they go. It's kind of the seasons after that, because that's when you've got that prolonged success. And so, yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'm looking at it at the moment. Yeah. You, and yeah. They've got all the makings right now to have essentially a, what can only be described as a dynasty in the modern game, which doesn't mean that they win 11 straight premierships like the dragons of the past did, Yeah, but they'd be like, the Storm or the Roosters, and just constantly in that conversation for, you know, the premiership contenders. You know, a top four team for years, years ahead. They're, they're on the precipice of that right now. Um, yeah. And I think that the thing with the Panthers, it's a bit different to what we see with a lot of other clubs that are in this situation, is that the, because of their junior base and all the talent, they're like – if you just take out all of the solid first-grade talent that it produces, every so often it turns out a test player, and it's not that uncommon. So if if they turn out, say, one test player, say every eight years or something, um, you just got to be in that window where they turn out another... What If they turned out, say, a test-quality fullback in the next five years even, like that's when you start thinking about proper dynasties yeah speaking of fullbacks i saw a quote um after the grand final that said that uh dylan Edwards have been playing with a broken foot for the last few weeks yeah you can imagine how bad that made me feel hey i was gonna say there's an awful lot of panthers fans that were shitting on him a fair bit i think it's um, fair going by his, his performances oh i'm not i'm not criticizing that I just i wonder if they if a comment like that was put out to try and take the heat off him a little bit. <laughs> it seemed a bit odd that like, there was an awful lot of criticism by fans yeah. of the Panthers and of opposition sides alike of Edwards being quite a, a weak point in the side. Yes. And then shortly after the grand final, so oh, he's playing with a broken foot. I was like, part of me was thinking, is that all? Like, is, is there more? Like, oh, you know, you he also had, you know, leprosy in his other foot and, you know, <laughs> you know, the list goes on. He had, he had tuberculosis in round 21. 
Oh shit! I'd, no, look, just my, add to it, mate. You just try and give him as many excuses as possible. Yeah, look, my first thought was if he had a fucking broken foot, he shouldn't have been playing. And it, when you watched him play, it wasn't like you said he's a step too slow, or he's he's running poorly. Or it wasn't like an, a physical problem. It was yeah. it was a it was talent gap. Let's face it. Um. He is he is the weak link in the Panthers team, and I thought there was a point in that grand final. I actually thought, look, if this is a, this is going to go one of two ways, Panthers are going to win, and people won't really care about his performance, or the Panthers are going to lose. And if he plays just a little bit worse or makes one more mistake, it starts getting into the poor carriage area. And it wasn't too much after that that. Um, Walker through the intercept. Yeah, that's uh, that was unfortunate. That intercept. Yeah, like that that play was one that he actually had to go with because they did have the numbers out there. But uh, that was a time when he needed to dummy, so that the play went past. Was it Crichton? Crichton, yeah. Yeah, just so the the play went past Crichton by enough, so that the opportunity was created. All they do is just hold the ball for like one more step, throw a dummy, then pass. You would have had that opportunity, and man, it could have been a different result completely. But isn't that for you? I know for me, that's why I love rugby league. Oh, absolutely. You think I mean, we're that... talking about a decision made in the space of one step? Yeah, and like if anything happens different in that play, it's almost if it's not a try for South. Damn it! They're on a ridiculous attack. You know, yeah. they, they're on they're on the line at least. And if if Crichton Crichton was just right place, right time, right read, and that's the the cutthroat thing I love about rugby league when it's at its best is everything comes down to this moment of someone's a hero and someone is has made a tragic error. And I don't even look at it as an error. It's just, it's a 50-50. Walker felt like he had it. Crichton felt like he had it. And the coin gets tossed and it come down for the Panthers. And there's something about those moments in rugby league in particular where it's like, oh my God, that was so 50-50. That was a 12-point swing right there. Absolutely, it was, and that that's the great thing about it. Is I say it was just a step. Like if if Crichton had been one step too far ahead or one step too far back, he doesn't take that ball cleanly, and then that just means South get more time to put more pressure on. Yeah. So for him, it was just he was took that one step perfectly, and it's amazing how one one step from two different players is enough to swing a game. And that's kind of how a game should be decided. 100%. It's by players on the field, not by anything else. The the um, other thing for me that got me about that moment is there is no one in the whole Panthers squad you would want to put in that situation than Crichton. Absolutely. A, 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 a big athletic dude who, even when he got the ball, you know, you, you knew he had the speed. You knew no one was catching him. Yeah. It just, man, what a moment. Oh, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It'll be on highlight reels. You know, I 
This will be bold. A lot of South Sydney fans will hate me for this. That will go down as being one of the most important intercepts since Bob McCarthy's intercept. A lot of people remember his intercept in the grand final, I think it was 68. Mm-hmm. Um, and he raced away and scored a try to win the game for South. This this is up there. Like It's it's on the same level. There's not too many intercepts. I'm trying to think. Maybe... Um... Remember Mal Meninga in 94 against the Bulldogs? Jared McCracken was chasing him down. Yeah. Well, just that game was a, a foregone conclusion pretty early on in the piece. True, true. Um, but yeah, that's... Um... I want to make sure, sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. It was 67 grand final, not the 68 grand final. Okay, okay. There we go. It was against, I'm pretty sure it was against the Bulldogs. I can't remember. I well, you know, I was asleep at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! It, it's cool to have won a grand final like that, and like win it however you want. It's going to be who's going to say, "Ah, it was good to win a grand final." I just wish the circumstances were different. <laughs> uh, it'd be good to be in the finals. Um. <laughs> Hey, it's a new era, Andrew. It's a new era. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, that logo's going to be doing some heavy fucking lifting all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Speaking of new eras, the yes. NRL has announced that there will be 17 teams from 2023 with the addition of a team from the Brisbane area. It looks oh. like the Dolphins, the Redcliffe Dolphins, are done and dusted to get that. That's uh. So they actually haven't decided yet. No, they so haven't it's decided. Not, so it's not quite an announcement yet. Well, they announced it's definitely <laughs> going to be Brisbane franchise. Uh, I didn't know there were that many other options outside of Brisbane. Well, hadn't they basically pooed on the Queens on the Western Australian idea because the media said it was not good because there was no crowds for some off-season competition played on the same day as some other sport. Yeah, a nines competition, what would it be, about four years ago now, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah and the media said, oh, well, they they don't fucking care. So Lenny's went, oh, well, we won't bother with that one then. <laughs> and we haven't been playing in rugby league in New Zealand, so that's that's pretty much fucked them over. Yeah, New Zealand is... left? That's it. Well, yeah, that's it, really. I guess, you know, Adelaide hasn't really got a consortium from what I understand. And well, Benny uh, didn't get one up? Hey? Benny Elias didn't get one going? <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't. Um, and the only other place that I ever, he, you ever hear about is when Greg Florimo says there should be a team on the Central Coast, which is like... Good old Flo. Yeah, I know. I know. But... It, it's good that they've finally made that decision, and it, it does seem like the Redcliffe Dolphins are in the the prime position to get that. You can kind of read the tea leaves that they're going to get that, um, but we'll wait and see when they make the an announcement of who it is actually going to be. I don't know when that announcement's going to be made, but I, I would hope that they make it soon because if I was a club, there's two things I would... Well, there's a few things. First of all, I want to get the coach in place right now. And it looks like it's going to be Wayne Bennett, but I want him to be building that club straight away. And the second thing I would say is I want to be able to have um, 
salary cap exemption in the Queensland Cup if it is the Dolphins so that they can start building a, a, at least part of a first-grade team in the Queensland Cup. So they could sign some... Look, they could have signed someone like a David Peachy if they had have had... Oh, David Peachy. Maybe not him. He's probably a bit old. But a Tyrone Peachy style of player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think um, we might have mentioned in another episode too where these teams need to have at least a year to get themselves set up so they can start recruitment, they can get their coaching order, they can look getting sponsors, all of this sort of stuff. So if the NRL's got half a fucking brain, they should just come out and announce who this new Queensland team's going to be mm-hmm. and let them get the ball rolling and, and get started so they're not going to be you know, set up to fail from the get-go. Give them a chance to succeed, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I was actually having a... A conversation through DMs with Sam, who follows me on Twitter, and he was talking about the financial situation at the Dolphins. And there's been a lot of talk made about the assets that they own, but they've already borrowed against those assets to a certain degree. And then there there was talk that they've also got 1.8 million dollars in the bank. Um, which I said to him, well, that buys you about 14 months of Wayne Bennett. So, you know, there's been a lot made about their financial situation. Obviously, everything, their whole universe changes financially if they got a foot in the door with the NRL because they'd get, you know, they'd get the uh, grant, which is $13 million from the NRL itself. And I believe there would be a little bit extra given to them early on um, just to get them going, but yeah, yeah it's I, I agree. They need to be told who's going to get that license sooner rather than later. Because I, if I'm the expansion club, I want to be signing players now, and it's not just for next season's Queensland Cup competition. I want to be able to go to Cameron Munster and say, "Dude, we want to offer you this much money for next year," which they can do from November first this year. That's right. Yeah. So you. They need to get their foot in the door. Otherwise, they're just going to have to fight with the West Tigers over all the shit that's left over at the end of the year that no one's (laughs) one's wants because they sacked them all for indiscretions. That's a good point. That's a good point. You don't want to be the last person at the table, do you? That's right. And the Tigers don't need any more competition for those names. No. no, Because they'll come last in all those negotiations. The next thing you know, they'll be welcoming home Robert Louis. Well, here's the thing, like, you don't want to leave the new club in a position where they say, there's no one really available, so we have to sign an Ash Taylor, you know? And I I don't mean to say that as disparaging as it sounds to Ash Taylor, but you just want them to get off to the sort of start where they can create and build something really solid from the get-go, and, and that requires some time. I mean, it's a pretty tight time frame as it is. So I think, yeah, the sooner the better. Fully agree. Um, I take it that covers all the rugby league news for the, uh, for the week? Pretty much. Were you surprised that Benji decided to retire? Um, not really, no. Yeah, um, I I was fairly confident that South weren't going to ask him to start for another year, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there probably would be teams out there that would look at the way Benji played this year and think, you know what, if we can get half of that again for an, 
just a handful of games next year, he would be worth throwing some coin at. But in the end, I just think that even if you're throwing the minimum amount of money at someone like that, you're probably still wasting money if he's only going to play half the games and they're going to be off the bench. And if you're just getting 15, 20 minutes maximum every second week out of a player like that, are you really getting that that money's worth? Mm-hmm. And that's not a criticism of Benji. It's more the fact, too, that, you know, obviously he'd be doing an awful lot of work off-field. I mean, he's a great asset to a club off the field as well as on the field these days. There's no denying that. Um, but, you know, you've got to make sure that you're not taking the spot of a up-and-coming talent or a junior like that, and you don't want to be doing that by bringing, you know, bringing someone who's into his 19th season or, I think, you know, it's just it's a it's a tough one. It's a balancing act when it comes to to that sort of thing. So yeah, their, their situation kind of they needed to move forward. Unfortunately, didn't they? Yeah, and I I was also fairly certain that Benji had no intention of leaving Sydney. Yeah, he's got a young family. I think his his eldest child might be uh, might be in primary school or very close to starting primary school. Is it a son? Because I would sign him tomorrow. Yeah, uh, it is a boy. Okay, I'd sign yeah. him tomorrow. It's the same with Greg Inglis. I don't know if Greg Inglis has a son. I'd sign him tomorrow to a contract. You, surely you'd start trying to, you know, get him to sire some children soon so you can sign, yeah, sign him up anyway. Shit. <laughs> you, give, you, you sign him and you give him an incentive. You're like, okay, Greg, you're on 50 grand a year. We need three boys out of here. I will <laughs> sign those boys to 50 grand contracts until they're 18, but then when they turn 18, we want a team option for five years. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon Greg Inglis would take that deal? Hell yeah. That's a pretty good deal, eh? <laughs> How can you say no? You're getting 100 grand a year and uh, just keep churning out boys. Yeah, yeah. 50 grand each one every year. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'll only bankrupt the NRL, but who gives a shit? That'll be awesome. You could even extend it into the WNRL. Oh, that's even better. I bet Greg Inglis, if he's got daughters, I bet they'd be good footy players too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, be brilliant. Oh, there was one little bit of news that came out today. Oh yes, uh, the Parramatta Eels extended the contract of Brad Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they literally are dying on that hill because he's plateaued. He's at the top of his game right now. I, and I that know, still right? wasn't good enough. Like, holy shit. It doesn't take much to get a contract extension at Parramatta, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, wow. I, like, no disrespect to Brad Arthur. I think he's done it tremendously, from, especially from how he started out as a coach. And he basically was an absolute failure. Collecting wooden spoons after wooden spoons. Um He's turned it around pretty impressively and got Parramatta being one of the top six teams in the comp. But that appears to be the limit of his potential as a coach. That's where he's got them to. They're at that point now where they now they need a superstar coach to come in and take that team to the next level and get them into that, you know, premiership window, so to speak. Because yeah, I don't feel- think he's the man to get them there. It felt like... It felt like this was the end of, not a run, but it felt like this was 
everything that this group and him and, and the playing group was capable of and that something had to be changed if they wanted to take the next step. And so I, I was very shocked. I, I was very, very shocked that they signed him to a contract extension because I just don't see where the improvement comes from. I guess, too, there's not many options to sign at the moment, especially with the West Tigers being linked very heavily to, to uh, Flano all the time. I mean, who else in Parramatta going to sign as coach? Imagine if they got um, Michael Maguire and he just turned them right around. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either, I, right? I think Michael Maguire would give them that, you know, 5% extra that they needed mm. because to he, go that step further. Because the thing about the Parramatta Eels that I think was um, it was pretty stark was that Penrith has their measure, like pretty pretty comfortably to a certain degree. And so they needed something to beat the best team, you know? And we didn't know they were the best team at the time. We didn't know they were going to be the premiers, but it, it, it was really obvious that whatever happened for the next couple of years, it, it just feels like the Panthers have their number. Yeah. So. The, the Eels too, I mean, they are genuinely struggling against teams that are the elite level. Yeah. Genuinely struggle. Um, I, I, I will go as far as saying that I I wouldn't be surprised if Parramatta are the epitome of flat track bullies. That's an interesting one. Well, I think you and me, if somebody said the Eels are going to finish in, like, and I'm talking their lowest position, the Eels are going to finish in fourth place next year. I think you and me would be like, yeah, that seems that seems like their basement, but that's in the regular season. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd probably stick with if yeah, I'd say fifth or sixth. Okay, okay. Only because we've seen in the past two years now, as the season drags on, their defence is it, it sticks up strong the whole way, but their attack just drops off hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's for me. That's that's a problem. I don't know how Brad Arthur fixes that. He's got the defence working perfectly. Like that doesn't need work. No. But attack wise, um, he needs to try and find a way to get more out of Moses because at the moment he's become very one dimensional, and Paramount is becoming easier and easier to defend against, especially if you're a team that's got. Yeah, you know, capable defence. Doesn't even have to be all star defence, just capable defence. Yeah. Shut hey, down Moses and you're fine. I tell you what, that would have been the perfect club for Tyrone Peachy. Yeah, absolutely. Get him in there, especially for the tail end of the first half and for the rest of the second half. And just be that uh, you know, option player slash ball player out on the left side. I feel like they kind of wanted that out of Bryce Cartwright. And, like, at his best, Bryce Cartwright's great. But he hasn't been at his best for years now. And I know as an opposition fan, any time he was on the field, there was it was like 98% happy he was on the field and 2% worried that he was going to pull something out of his ass like he can do. But it was mostly happiness that he was on the field, which 
is not a really good situation when the opposition fans are feeling like that. Yeah, look, I reckon the the thing that broke Cartwright was when he got shifted to five base for a few games. Yeah. Because he stopped running straight. And ever since then, he's kept just drifting the whole time. Drifting yeah. sideways. And it ruined everything he did. Uh, defensively, he got, I'd almost say, confused. And some of those, let's let's be honest, some of those pea-hearted efforts that people were mocking him for last year uh, were basically the end of that confusion, partly. Yeah. Um, and so this year... He was kept away from any playmaking duties. He played purely as a second rower. And sure enough, just he wasn't trying to be fancy. He wasn't trying to be creative or an all-star. Just trying to build consistency and consistently solid performances. And sure enough, you start to see, you know, you start to see some of that form come back and some of that, um, not so much creativity, but you see some of the potential that he's got. It's starting to show itself again. You go, ah, there he is. He's been gone for a little while, but we're starting to see him come back again. It's just through being consistent. And that comes from um, the coach just giving him very clear, very basic instructions. Sometimes a player needs that if they've been dicked around a bit position-wise. Uh, and I think that's been one of the biggest things for him that's that's helped him out an awful lot. Yeah, I, th- I think he's perfect role would almost be the centre of the field, Isaiah sort of position where, um, and, and he's a little bit of a different ball player to Yo, and he, he do, I don't think he's got the footwork that Yo does, but um, I think that he could be that sort of role for them rather than the second row role that he has now. Um, but he, it, it was definitely a better season for him this year than previous years. But in saying that, not very hard. Like, no, no, his time not. at the Gold Coast was a disgrace. Oh, that was... That was, yeah. A disgrace is the best way to describe it. It was it was horrible. Mm. It was hard to watch. Especially when you consider that, you know, he was... He was being very strongly pushed to be an Origin player. Yeah, well, legitimately. Like, legitimately. Yeah. And then to turn into what he did in such a short time... Uh, that was. I've not seen anything that that dramatic a turnaround before. Yeah, it's. It it was hard to watch because it was. That, there were times at Penrith like he was part of the whole young team that was coming out, and it was like, man, this guy and Cleary and all those players, and the you know, the, when you look at how it ended up for him, it's. It's kind of sad, but, you know, hopefully he can get it all back together. And uh, if he ends up being half the player he used to be, he's going to be a bloody handy player for Parramatta. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's very good to see that he's, uh, he's he's getting some of that form back. And just the consistency back, that's the most important thing for him. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, I've got to ask. Mm-hmm. Have we had any emails? We have. I shut down the website. I had it all set up for quite a long time, and then I shut the website down, and that's why I'm talking like this, so I can get the website back up. You're not suggesting that there's uh, some some uh, stalling going on? 
Stalling is an interesting word when you look at what it really means, Andrew. Um, okay, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> Okay, so this is an email that was sent on October 5th by Lightning McQueenbian, who sends us quite a few emails. It's really cool. He says, G'day, cunts. Hope yous are all well and that. I'm living Covidia Loka here in beautiful Quangas, which is the nickname for Queenbian. Um, and I, I always feel like Queanbeyan is like black town inland, like inland, really far inland. But anyway, and have enjoyed this season of rugby league thanks to you blokes. Penrith winning the premiership was a great way to see off season 2021. Well done to the Panthers and I look forward to seeing how far this young team can go. Looking into the crystal ball for my beloved Eels, oh Jesus, and their ridiculously long premiership drought if we can. Um, just wondering if it'd be at all worthwhile throwing a bunch of money at hookers. Oh, hang on. Um, VB. That took a turn. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) VB, Chico Rolls, or whatever he likes at Wayne Bennett for a season to help Brad Arthur get the Eels to the next level. Under old Wayno's tutelage, I reckon Brad might be able to lift his coaching to that next level. Highly unlikely, I know, but something has to change for the Eels next year. I hadn't even read this email before we talked about the Eels just before. That's pretty incredible, eh? Yeah. Um, their, their attack looked absolutely woeful at times this season and only got worse when Reed Money was sidelined for the season. I can't see it getting any better with the cattle I have now. Thanks again for a great season and keep the episodes coming. More history episodes over the break would be rad, love, peace and chicken grease to you and all the loyal listeners of this amazing podcast lightning mcqueenbean thank you for that lightning what a champion yeah um yeah look i'm pretty certain let's address the uh the elephants in the room there pretty certain wayne's a teetotaler mm-hmm. right and if you're if you're that in that way inclined you're not drinking the the vile filthy shit they produce down here that they call beer I'm glad you were mentioning the beer. I wondered where you were going for that. Um, and I mean, I was, you know, obviously, I don't drink alcohol, but I've smelt enough VB to know that that stuff is vile. I used to be a barman. Is this a bad time to say that when I go and get a beer, I always get VB? No, you're allowed to drink that filthy shit if you want. Okay. To me, beer is VB. Fair enough. When I, I was, thought, I, thought, I, was a... I thought all Sydney people drank twoies. No, I don't think they do, do they? So long, so you're, not drinking, so long as you're not drinking 4X, because that's, that's the only stuff that's worse than VB, apparently. I've never had 4X, hey? Um, yeah. I used to have a job where I worked. Um, and I kid you not, I was in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and I worked in a building that was between a McDonald's yeah. and the 4X Brewery. It was right next door to uh, Suncorp Stadium. That sounds rough. Yeah. When it got windy and you're upstairs, the smell from the deep fryer at Macca's would often come up and just gently intermingle with the smell of the hops. Oh, wow. From the 4X brewery. And 
It was hard work not to vomit through all of the hallways up there while you're walking around <laughs> doing your job. That was putrid. Wow. Putrid. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – that's my uh, that's my uh, big experience with alcohol in, in Queensland there with Forex. Can I ask you a question? Have, have you ever drank alcohol at all? No. So you've never even tasted it? No. Wow, that's interesting. Why not? I see the point. <laughs> Literally, wow. that's stupid. I've had I've had this conversation with a few people before. I actually had someone ask me if I was Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I know you're Buddhist. Um, that's right. So, <laughs> what would be the weirdest religion for you? Um, any. <laughs> any. What, what about that? Uh, Imagine if you're a Scientologist all this time. That would be so weird. <laughs> I, I, might, I might take it up just to add a bit of kook to the episodes. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, that's interesting that you've never had alcohol before. I, you know, for the reason be for me is VB is when I was a little kid, my my grandfather would drink VB and he would sit out the back and listen to the horse racing because he would go to the this back when you had to go to the tab put your bets on for the day and then come home and you'd listen to the horse racing on the radio and he'd have vb out the back while he's drinking and i'd be out in the my grandparents backyard like kicking a footy around or whatever and so i just associated vb with beer and every so often he'd get a little shot glass and give you a little taste of it you know um (laughs) So Do you remember what your first impression of it was? Um, it was interesting. Oh, okay. It's the way I would put it. It was interesting. I, like, I didn't hate it, but, and, like, that would be it. It'd be a little taste in a little shot glass. That was it. It wasn't like he was fucking pouring them, like. <laughs> well, you don't know that. Like, that, that, that one little sample in the shot glass. As a little, whatever you were, maybe six years old, you just fall over the ground and you knock out. He's going, right, let's fill him. <laughs> Let me tell you, once you got 27 shot glasses in, whoa. <laughs> um, so, so to me, that's always been beer. And I've, I've had other beers over the years, but I tend to drift back to VB. Um, so, yeah. But I, I'm not a big drinker. Like, I know sometimes I'll, I'll get on here and I've had a few or, I'll talk about when I've been drunk before, but I'm, I'm I can go ten months or something without even thinking about having a drink of anything. But when I do drink, I I tend to like to write myself off. Yeah. Um, if I come down there one time, would you have a beer with me? No. No. Okay, that's all right. I'll, 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 I'll buy you beer. I'll buy as much beer as you want. I won't drink any. Now, say I know why you would buy me beer. You want to have sex with Nat? <laughs> you'd want me pause. to do... <laughs> Yeah. Damn, I know you'd want me to... Just, you'd want me to turn into like a monster and just sit back and watch the hilarity ensue. Yeah, so, you know, the idea is get you um, just past the point of self-control on, on beer and then feed you rum. Oh, Jesus. Just to just to see if you become because when people get shit faced on rum, yeah, especially Bundaberg rum, mm-hmm. they they go one way or the other. They go all lovey dovey. Oh man, you're the best man in the world. I fucking love you, man. Or they want to try and kill everyone. 
See, when I have the thing that I've been drinking during lockdown is Bundaberg rum and cola, and it's the, and it's the overproof stuff. So it's extra strength. I don't know what the strength is. Who gives a shit? But uh, and I feel like I'm not too bad on that. Like I've been on the podcast drinking that, and I've been on the podcast drinking that after a lot, a couple of podcasts. But so I don't think it sends me troppo. I don't know. What do you reckon? Well, I've, I think I've only heard you when you've been um, still somewhat in control of your faculties, so to speak. Okay. I feel, wasn't there one podcast about the Panthers when I was pretty pissed, though? There might, that might have been one that did not go to air. Okay. <laughs> it's it's funny. The, uh, the longer this podcast goes on, the more episodes there are that get heavily edited. I know, right? Isn't that weird? <laughs> uh, you'd think we'd learn our lesson after a while, but no. I think because sometimes we we just get to a point where it's like, I'm going to say something really terrible now. <laughs> yeah. We know we're editing this, so let's just go off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe one, maybe in the off season, I I could do a podcast where I get absolutely destroyed. Maybe it can be like the the absolutely destroyed rugby league quiz or something. I was going to say, maybe it could be for the uh, England versus France international. Oh, yeah, that would be fun, hey? We could do that. That can't be far away. It has to be at a good time, like. It needs to kick off, say, at 1am 1, 1 or something, though. Okay. Because like, I can't be drinking at, like, 4am, you know? Because... It just feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure we all thought that eating pizza for breakfast felt wrong until we did it. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> I feel like I'm enabling someone to become an alcoholic. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus, come on, man! It's only, it's only alcohol. You've been pissed before. What, what does it matter what time of day it is? <laughs> This is the entire reason why when I do get down there, you're like, I'm going to buy all the alcohol. Don't worry about it, man. Because you just want to fucking enable me to do something terrible. Yeah, there you go. That, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me walk around with a GoPro and a microphone everywhere. <laughs> or just you, you, you seen, a- You've seen that Wild West documentary, man. I'm going to blow that shit out of the water. <laughs> You could sneakily put a GoPro on my head and I wouldn't even know about it. <laughs> oh, shit, that would be funny. That would be brilliant. These are all great ideas. Yeah, this is this is pretty good. Let's destroy my life. <laughs> yeah, we can keep it strictly for us if we have to. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, but this, the footage is between us and the court system. Exactly, exactly. No one else needs to know about it. Exactly. Um, we had a rugby league podcast at some point, didn't we? We did, yeah. It was good. Um, Super League <laughs> Grand Final. Uh, and the uh, and the Championship Grand Final. Both of them got French teams in them. Yeah, it's great. Hopefully all the French teams win and... Absolutely. Take all them trophies back to a country where they actually like playing rugby league. The way it's meant to be played. So... Um, we're going all in for Toulouse and yep. for Catalan. 100%. Let's hope they rip some uh, rip and tear and get through those English comps. 
Exactly. And uh, we'll, I'd like, I'll, I'll have to see if I'm awake for the game. We won't do a live podcast, as we said, but um, if I'm awake for the game, I'll watch it and I'll, uh, we could do a little review or whatever, depending yeah. on how it goes. Less than Helen's win, because then who gives a fuck? Well, we can summarize that pretty quick now. They didn't choke. <laughs> That's good. They're That's doing pretty, good lately. That's pretty much it. They do just yeah. But they still got the they still got the Scotsman there. Yeah, so they do. He actually got named in the Scottish side with a, another bunch of players who all grew up about you know twenty k's within where I was born. So very Scottish. Yeah, were you were you born in Penrith? Yes, I was actually. There is the, I mean, there is a Penrith not far away from the Scottish border, so you know. That's true. That is true. I watched a video of a guy that tried to walk across Scotland in a straight line and not, okay. deviate, not deviate off that line. It's on YouTube. Okay. Cool. How long did he go before he went and got himself shit-faced? He, did. he didn't get shit-faced because he wasn't Scottish. I'm not saying that all Scottish people are a bunch of drunks. But anyway, um, <laughs> he... He made it halfway through his trip before a one Scottish farmer just turned into a full car and, and called the police on him and all sorts of shit. <laughs> and uh, the cops kind of turned up and said, it, first of all, it's illegal for you to have come into Scotland. Second of all, it's illegal for you to be here and doing this. And so he, he gave up on it, which is fair enough, you know. No, no commitment. Yeah. He did, he did walk across Wales in a straight line. And when I say straight line... This guy will climb somebody's fence. <laughs> I've seen him climb under trucks. Like, he literally goes in a straight line and doesn't deviate for more than 20 metres. So so in his trip across Scotland, there was a, a, what was it? It was a wood chipping plant or something that he had to climb over its fence about four different times because its fence zigzagged a bit. <laughs> Like, he goes dead straight across. It's it's interesting to see. So you see him walking through, like, giant puddles and having to jump over little rivers and, like, <laughs> run through fields to not let a bull get him and things like that. It's interesting. <laughs> see, to me, that sounds like he's uh, he didn't prepare enough. He could have just no. taken an easier route somewhere else. Well, he does prepare, which is interesting, because I would do the same thing. I would try and pick a better spot. But... um. Then again, I wouldn't walk across Wales for any reason. What the fuck is in Wales? You know, it's a bunch of fucking sheep, people that don't mine anymore, and people that can't play rugby league. Like, after Tom Jones and Catherine Zeta-Jones, they tapped out. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Because, <laughs> you know, you've forgotten, you've forgotten Tyson Frizzell. Oh, of course, Tyson Frizzell, the Welshman. He's the best Welsh player that's been produced since fucking TV went to Technicolor. <laughs> it's been great. Anytime they talk about a really good Welsh player, it's fucking, you got to go back to when it was just black and white photos. I love it. Well, we've got one, one passionate follower on uh, YouTube who will be tuning into this episode and leaving an angry comment. Probably. But if he's Welsh, no one cares. <laughs> Even English people don't care about Welsh people. <laughs> Remember when they had that stadium? They called it Millennium Stadium. That yeah. was cute. Cute. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the other, the other sort of almost rugby league thing was that a tweet I made the other day, and I saw, I saw on Twitter when I logged on, um, someone was asking who should be the next James Bond. Yes. And they put pictures on there of these, of four different actors. And I went, perfect opportunity. I put up a picture of Matt Nabel and said, how about this bloke? That was great. I saw that. It was brilliant. Um, who would be a good rugby league version of James Bond? First of oh. all, it can't be an English person. No, no, no. Um, rugby league James Bond. Who's better than Matt Nabel? It's hard to, well, he's an actor. He's an actor. He's got some guns on him. Yep, yep. Imagine him just going around. <laughs> just saying, how about this bloke in that in fucking James Bond? <laughs> It'd be great. He's just saying, Bond, James Bond. He goes, bloke, how about this bloke? <laughs> He'd be a really good detective, hey? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Here's our suspects. How about this bloke? <laughs> <laughs> You imagine every time he comes up, he gets a bad guy. Check out this bloke. <laughs> and then there's this fella. And it wouldn't be a Sunday over without this bloke. <laughs> He'd be really good to team up with fucking Matlock. Can you imagine? <laughs> There'd be no crime with him and Matlock. Oh, that's a perfect pairing. Mm. Oh, mate, that's got to happen. Now, now I want to see that. Or what about a TV show with with him and uh, remember the the fucking guy that used to go hmm very suspicious. He used to wear a trench coat. Ah, uh, what was his name? That Inspector Morse. No, no, no. He he was a he was an American dude. Um, is that uh, House? Hey, House? No, House is a doctor. I don't fucking know, man. This is just TV shows. I just don't know. I'm just ran- randomly picking off names of characters in TV shows. Okay. Can't remember the last TV series okay. I watched. It was not recent. TV detective. Most brilliant TV. No. Okay. 30 best TV detectives ranked. Remember when we had a rugby league podcast? Yeah. Okay. Here we is go. Is Inspector so, Clouseau on this list, by the way? So the, the list is the guy from The Shield. Don't know. I don't care. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's a comedy. Never Homicide Life on the Street. Never heard of it. Heart to Heart. No. Dragnet. Dragnet. <laughs> Perot. Is that from the 70s or something? How, yeah, it is, actually. How about Perot? Perot. I'm sorry. I can't oh, take that... it seriously with that fucking moustache, dude. <laughs> uh, Castle... Uh, Hill Street Blues, man, I haven't heard about that for a long while. Hill Street Blues, Starsky and Hutch, classic. Who's the better detective, Starsky or Hutch? Oh, what the fuck's going on here? Something's going on with oh, there's a pop up. No, I don't. Yeah, there's a create a free gold derby account. I don't want one of them. Law and Order. Oh, by the way, Starsky and Hutch, who's the better one? Um. I don't know. I kind of saw them as equals. No, I'd... surely one's better than the other. You can't have equals, mate. 
Remington Steel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moonlighting. Oh, uh, Bruce Willis's character. There you go. He yeah, wins. from Die Hard. And he had to deal with Sybil Shepard, who was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, but fucking crazy. Uh, Kojak. <laughs> Kojak. Scooby-Doo. No. <laughs> They've got Scooby-Doo. Prime Suspect. Uh, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Cagney and Lacey. Oh, jeez. Uh, Simon and Simon. I've never heard of them. Mannix. Mannix. Uh, what's this one? Veronica Mars. What the fuck? Man, oh, Miami Vice. Miami Vice was good. The original? Yeah, yeah, the original. The original. Yeah. The remake was a load of dog's balls. Yeah, it was. It sucked. Have you ever seen the video with the, when they did the remake and there was part of it is just a dead set Subway commercial? No. There's a video, you go on YouTube, you put in Miami Vice Subway commercial, and they go up to, because it's set in Hawaii. For, I think it's set in Hawaii in that one. Or maybe I'm thinking of another show. Anyway, this whatever this fucking show is. They go up to this Hawaiian-looking dude, and he's like a regular on the show, I think. And they say, oh, what do you got there? And he literally goes, oh, this is the new footlong from Subway. I can pick whatever I want to go in the subway, and it's a dead set subway commercial. <laughs> so that was when the um, the product placement was not subtle at all. No, no, they're just smacking you in the face with a hammer at this point. <laughs> subway, okay. subway, subway, smash, smash, smash. NYPD Blue, uh, Monk. I always thought that, Monk was, that, was it. The NYPD Blue was that the one that had the um, the police Smith. chief the. The police chief was the same guy that was in um, Die Hard 2. Yes. Yes, it was. Was it Dennis Franz or something like that? Uh, does it say his name? I, I think you're right. It doesn't have his name here, but I think you're right. Uh, All he did was keep complaining about McLean until McLean was right. <laughs> and he was made to look like a dick. I know, right? Brilliant. As if you'd argue with McLean. Law and Order SVU. Uh, what else we got? Barney Miller. We've got to be close to this guy. Magnum P.I. That was a show. Oh, classic. Um, Tom Selleck. The Rockford Files. Never heard of it. Uh, Murder, She Wrote. You never wanted Jessica Fletcher to turn up to your town. Someone's fucking dying. <laughs> yeah, and not in a pleasant way. <laughs> no, and no one suspected her. Imagine if the finale was just she was the murderer the whole time. I think that's the best twist ever. That would have been cool. Sherlock and... Oh, he was the last one. Columbo was his name. Oh, Columbo. Okay. Yeah, Columbo. Classic. Good old Columbo. Bloody classic, mate. Well, that was a fascinating list. About 90% of it I had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my computer is starting to breathe really heavy because, God, it's just getting really hot. Let me turn this off. Hang on, hang on. Let me t- Let me do something so my computer doesn't die. Uh, don't save. Pretty convinced yeah. that uh, that's when the podcast will end. Yeah, man, I reckon. I reckon the listeners are absolutely fucking riveted right now. Yeah, well, we went through. Was there? A, I feel like there was a detective that was left out. Oh, there probably was. Was there an Australian show with a detective, like one that was famous? Famous. Um, that character John Wood played in. 
What was, what was that police show we had? Blue Healers? Blue Healers, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that, that, that place, that police station was set in. Worst mm-hmm. crime rate in Australia. Yeah, I know, right? Why would anyone live yeah. there? All, all that happened was just crime the entire time, and there was like 50 people lived there. Yeah, was it Mount Thomas? I think you're right, yeah. yeah. It's up there with um, that place where a country practice was, where every single health condition that anyone could humanly have all happened in that small country town. And yet the old people never got sick. Never, not once. Really weird. And they always... had a womp. Wombat that lived for 30 years. Yeah, it was always the visitors to the town that always come in with some sort of fucking issues. I know, right? Never the it, original cast. I I always think about... It. Did you ever watch the movie Arachnophobia? Uh, I think I may have. It's a pretty good movie. And, and it, it always reminded... The guy... Remember the doctor moved into the small town... And they didn't like him because he was like a big city doctor. Because there was a, that was a theme in movies for about twenty five years where people didn't like the guy from the big city, the big city doctor, the big city fucking dentist, the big city whatever. Um, and it always reminded me of him moving to the town in a country practice for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's probably a similar theme. Yeah, and anyway, these fucking people start, he, he starts treating people in this town and the, his, some of his patients start dying because they're getting bitten by spiders and the, people start calling him Dr. Death. It's a really good movie. People should go and watch it. <laughs> I won't spoil a 30-year-old movie. No, that's right. It's a, it's a classic mm-hmm. that most of us couldn't be past watching. Yeah, yeah, probably very difficult to find it. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm uh, reluctant to say this, but I think maybe we should probably wrap it up. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do that. We'll uh, do another episode Sunday evening. Sure, why not? And we've got a guest coming on next Wednesday. Oh, do we? Yeah. Did Thanks you not see? Me. Thanks for informing me. <laughs> just, just letting you know. Yeah, I, I sorted it out with DM, so I'm not going to say who it is. Okay, cool. And I'm definitely not telling you. <laughs> You can find out on the fucking day. <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man, if this isn't the most professional podcast you've ever listened to, people, I don't know what is. This is the shit people look forward to for the off-season when we stop talking about football all of a sudden, start going into weird shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, please bring back the football. <laughs> <laughs> You watch people. People will be begging the West Tigers to do something fucking stupid just so we can get back to talking about footy yeah, again. Right. It, listen, if you're still listening, right, send us a message on Twitter saying you enjoyed the banter at the end. Not that I like the word banter. Banter is such a wanky word. Because um, anybody that anyone that talks about banter fucking can't cop it. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Did you see Parramatta Facts put out a... He's following mine on Twitter. I like him. But he put out a thing saying today saying, name a better combination than the Penrith Panthers and mobile phones. And so I, I said the Parramatta Eels premierships and rotary phones. <laughs> oh, that is good. Mm. So that's the thing. that, that that's, that's a joke that doesn't work for people who are under the age of 30. <laughs> 
Yeah. Rotary phone? What the hell is that? The fuck is a rotary phone? Is that yeah. something you find in a Subaru? Well, it made me think you could do a bunch of combinations. Maybe that could be our next episode. What's a better combination than? And we just go through com- like the f- like North Sydney and the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I, I could work with that. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like you'd need to sit down for a little bit and think about it, but we could do that. Well, you know, I'll get plenty of sitting down time on, time on train, so I could probably punch out a few ideas there. True, and your lazy fucking desk job. <laughs> You've got everyone convinced you're fucking doing manual labour all day. It's like, whatever. <laughs> Let me just check. Yeah, th- 30, 37,000 steps today. You wish you had my cardio. (laughs) (laughs) You're the only person I know whose fitness tracker tracks sitting up and getting down, and you do more of that than steps. I literally, (laughs) it's it's literally if I stand up once in an hour, it counts that as a standing hour. It's great. So I just have to get up and go to the fridge a couple of times. Well, not a couple of times, but it's like I do that enough during the day and my watch goes bling and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done my work for the day. <laughs> That's the kindest fitness track I've ever heard of. I Meanwhile, know, right? mine, after I'd racked up 30,000 steps and I still had an hour's worth of work to do, I stopped for five minutes to have lunch finally after about eight hours of work and it says, Move! Exclamation mark up. I've been moving, you prick. Fucking give me a break. Well, when I first got this watch, it would have a, a, a movement reminder. And I don't know what it was set to, but it would go off as I was playing the Xbox. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. And then I, I got like seven days into that. And I was like, fuck this setting off. I don't want to be told to stand up on my watch. <laughs> it's amazing how... Uh... How quickly we comply to the machines until we actually tune in and go, hang on. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's, uh, but although you, I told you all of my stats during the grand final, like there was a lot of energy expended for me during the grand final. Yeah. 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 You were, you were punching out more, um, higher heart rates than what I do at work. It's crazy. And that, that's not joking. That's serious. It was insane. I was yeah. I was generally amazed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's how I know my heart must be pretty good because I didn't die. <laughs> so that's that's the way I, I rate my heart. If I don't die when the Panthers win a premiership, it's probably good. So 2003 it was good. 2020 it was good. Who knows what will happen in the future. It's a um, – look, let's be honest. It's a – it's a very accurate test. Yep. Um, and the good thing about that, that test that you've got there is that you'll absolutely never know when you've got a bad result. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. Either I mean, all good news or you're dead. Imagine if I died this week from a heart attack. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> you get on the podcast and say, look, leg freak, he died. He had a heart attack. He's uh, talking about his heart health and he died. It wouldn't be funny because the problem I'd have is I've then got to try and um, 
have a conversation with someone who's supposed to be a guest on Wednesday and I don't even know who the fuck I are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. And, and good luck fucking working out how to do the fucking editing, which isn't yeah. difficult, but... I'm we've clueless. Got a, yeah, we've got a process here. It's very like, you do one thing, I do another thing, we fucking chuck it all together. We don't really know how it works. It's all magic. <laughs> That's right. We just sit there clicking buttons and pressing stuff, and you know, it somehow worked. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. I'll try um, not to die before Thursday, at least. All righty. Likewise. Okay. Um, thanks for uh, enduring this uh, magnificent episode. That's that's all I can call it. It's been fantastic. It really has. Um, make sure you follow us on our socials, Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, um, those other ones. You know the drill. Uh, <laughs> can't be fucking asked anymore. <laughs> um, make sure you give us a review. Please, people, go to your podcast um, listening app and, and give us a review on there. We haven't had one for ages, and we want to read a heap out. Um, so that would be fantastic. And um, what else should we put in there? Anything? Is that it? Um, go to our Patreon to check them out. Um, Patreon.com League Freak, Patreon.com Isle Project. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's about it. Yep. I'm happy with that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will catch you all next time.